This is On Target, a look at politics, crime, education, what's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador with the people who know. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your On Target host, Linda Swain. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, We're here and (laughs) bracing for the weather to come, I suppose, keeping an eye very closely on Hurricane Fiona and how she develops out in the Atlantic Ocean, heading in this general direction by the looks of things. So we'll keep you up to date on all the information on that as the week progresses. It looks like she could be hitting here sometime around Saturday. So stay tuned for that and plan yourself accordingly. Well, if you've ever been down to the rink, diamond, field, gymnasium, you know the importance of coaches. This is National Coaches Week, a time to raise awareness about the role of coaches and offer them your thanks for the positive impact they have on athletes and on the community as a whole. Well, anyone who's ever been involved in a sporting or recreational activity can probably instantly remember a coach that made a positive impact on their lives or on the lives of others. They offer training and guidance and act as role models for young people. Events are being held right across the country to mark the occasion. And here to talk a little bit more about the role of coaches and ways to recognize the coaches in your community is Coaching NL Project Leader, Doug Halliday. Hello. Hi, Linda. How are you today? Great. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having us. So what's National Coaches Week? What's it all about? National Coaches Week is really a a week to celebrate, uh, as you mentioned in the lead up, uh, coaches right across our province and our country and to, uh, you know, take a moment to reflect and say thanks, coach, uh, to a coach that we've uh, we've got in our community. Uh, As you mentioned, everyone at some point has been involved in, in coaching or has been impacted by a coach, myself included. Uh, throughout their life and uh, you know really important to take some time and recognize those volunteers uh, and those really impactful role models uh, that we have in our community. And there is there's always that person you always say you know if someone asks you you know who who inspired you as as a kid or as a teenager and automatically someone will say well you know I had this coach she was fabulous Uh, she did this for me and all this stuff and or or he was so great he understood exactly what I was going through at that particular moment and I always remembered that Uh, there's always somebody. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, the, the number of coaches that I've been impacted uh, by throughout my, my lifetime, uh, and I won't give away my age, but, uh, you know, I've been around a few years and uh, have been really positively impacted by uh, a number of coaches that have, you know, kind of shaped the direction and direction I've taken uh, with my career and, and, you know, life choices uh, and just setting a great example for, uh, you know, what we what we should look to and aspire to do uh, in life. And, uh, you know, we're very thankful. I'm very thankful for those coaches that I've had, uh, you know, and as you mentioned, you know, everybody, if they don't mention the first person uh, that that's impacted them as being a coach, they're certainly somewhere there in the top three to top five for sure. Coaches and teachers, they're always there. Absolutely. Um, so what kind of a, uh, I mean, because you, you just hit the nail on the head when you said volunteers. Um, you know, what motivates a coach to do what they do? 
Well, you know, it's it's a big thing of giving back to the community. Obviously, uh, many of us are involved, uh, myself included, uh, through, you know, involvement in sport growing up. Uh, you know, uh, there are individuals that certainly have a knack for coaching and really aspire and excel in the coaching field that, uh, you know, once they're finished their, their playing career, move into that coaching role. Uh, but very much, you know, across this province, we see, see it on a daily basis. Um, you know, uh, you see through social media posts, uh, parents uh, that have athletes in sport, myself included. I've got two young boys, and, uh, you know, they're starting to go into the sporting realm this year. While I've, I've coached previously, uh, you know, I've started to coach new sports uh, just based on their involvement and, you know, just providing those opportunities for the kids to play. Uh, you know, as we're heading out of COVID, I think it's even more impactful that we, you know, volunteer our time to to coach and and help those kids get out out there and really uh, get back on the on the field and and have some really impactful moments given the past couple of years that we've had, you know, uh, throughout a lifetime. Uh, you know, volunteerism in, ter in terms of coaching. One in every seven Canadians will have coached at some point uh, throughout their life. So it's it's a pretty impressive stat uh, when you look at that in terms of the, the population of the country. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just really impactful uh, right across the board. And there's some who come and go as their kids are involved in various sports or they might try it for a year and say, you know, it didn't fit in with my lifestyle at the time or whatever. And there's others that go right on through yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I guess uh, I could re relate a little bit to my experience as a coach. Uh, I was an athlete uh, that came out of the sport. I had a real passion for the sport uh, and wanted to give back to the sport. Uh, my, my sport was athletics. Uh, really passionate about the sport. Uh, however, <laughs> given my body was starting to uh, get a bit of wear and tear, it was time to transition and uh, really always loved coaching. Uh, you know, even from an early age and, and giving back and, you know, go back to coach the high school team or, or what have you to make sure that, you know, the school could field a team and had someone in place uh, and then transitioning into, you know, just coaching regularly. Um, stepped away a little bit from uh, coaching when we had our two young boys, but, uh, you know, that 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 only lasted a couple of years. Uh, and we're, we're, you know, we're back on the field, myself and my wife, uh, to help out wherever we can, so... Do you find that you you it renews that feeling you had when you were a kid, you know, living it through the lives of the, of the kids that you're coaching? Absolutely. I mean, it's uh you know, we have young boys uh and you know, the uh, the camaraderie uh, that you see at the field, um, they're they're involved in baseball. You know the the camaraderie we saw this this summer really brought us back. You know the, the, all the parents really reminisced about, you know, going up through the sports system themselves, and you know those great those great moments that uh, really tie together communities, uh, as well as you know forming friendships uh, throughout throughout people's lives. I mean some of some of the best friends that I have are, are those that I grew up playing sports with. Um, so, you know, really having an impact and providing those opportunities and seeing those moments is, uh, is really great. 
This is National Coaching Week, and we're speaking with uh, Doug Halliday of Coaching NL. We'll be back right after this. Weekdays on VOCM, it's Open Line with your host, Patty Daly. Join the conversation each morning from 9 a.m. to noon on your VOCM. We get people talking. And we're back. My guest today on On Target is Coaching NL Project Leader Doug Halliday, and this is National Coaching Week. So what does Coaching NL do exactly, uh, Doug? Uh, well, Linda, we are the um, provincial uh, delivery agent for the NCCP, which is the National Coaching Certification Program through Coaching uh, Association of Canada. And what we do is we offer coach education, uh, which I'm very proud to say we're actually one of the only provinces in the country that offers free coach education uh, to all of our courses, uh, coaches. So those courses uh, run year-round. Uh, we usually break a little bit for the summer, but uh, you know, to put it in perspective, last year, over the past year, we, we've offered over 60 courses uh, with almost 2,000 learners uh, in attendance. Uh, in addition to the courses, we actually offer professional development sessions, one which I, uh, I just hop off, actually, uh, in partnership with some of our Atlantic counterparts. And, uh, you know, we're there to support coaches uh, wherever we can to make sure that they have the proper tools that they need um, while coaching uh, and providing them support through, you know, the free coach education as well as as coaching grants. Um, You know, we are in a position here in the province in terms of our uh, geography that we're kind of remote from some of the major coaching courses that uh, our more advanced coaches need to go to. So we're there to provide support for that as well in, in the form of some grants and what have you to make sure that, you know, if uh, if there's a coaching course being offered in athletics in British Columbia, which happens quite often, uh, you know, we're there to support those coaches to make sure uh, that they do have those opportunities to, to get the best training available. Are these courses that you offer, are they in person, online, a combination? Uh, well, it's funny you ask. We, we were very predominantly in person, uh, and uh, COVID was kind of uh, a blessing in disguise, actually. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, we are uh, a very unique province in terms of our remote geography, but that goes within the province as well. Um, oftentimes, uh, you know, there are not enough people in certain communities to, to put off the courses. So COVID actually gave us a great opportunity to uh, roll out our online delivery system that we have been testing leading into uh, those spring months. Uh, so when COVID happened, uh, we were actually the first province to, uh, I guess, flip the switch, so to say, uh, and transition into a fully virtual online environment uh, with our learning facilitators uh, delivering just as you would in a classroom. Uh, and we've seen great, great numbers from this. Um, you know, the accessibility piece now that we've moved online. Uh, you know, whether you're in Labrador uh, or Carbonair, uh, you can still log in at, at 6 p.m. Uh, if you have a weekday course uh, that you've registered for and uh, be taught by one of our great learning facilitators. We have an absolutely fantastic uh, facilitator team here in the province with, with some of the best in the country uh, that have been recognized for their, their contributions to sport. So uh, it's been really great, actually. Uh, and we've, we've stayed in the online environment uh, just for accessibility piece. Um, you know, again, from being able to log in 
from your house or you know a remote location or if you're on the road for work um, there's also that accessibility piece to cut down in terms of transport having to come into town um, and you know everyone does have a very busy schedule uh, certainly cognizant of that with uh, you know people having children's uh, you know the amount of different schedules that you have to juggle um, if you can do it in the comfort of your home uh, then then we're certainly there to help in that regard as well some training I know is more intensive than others. I um, witnessed somebody undergoing some coaching training that was really quite intensive. It it took numerous hours, actually, uh, yeah. but they were the better person for coming out of all of that, if you know what I'm saying. So, it, But do you need to upgrade those skills along the way? Yes, absolutely. Um, so the way the coach certification program works, um, we are a multi-sport delivery agent uh, with Coaching and Health. So uh, each of the you know individual national sport organizations have their own coaching pathways, uh, but we provide support courses for some of those pathways that a coach would need to go through. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's making sure that we have trained, certified uh, and certified coaches on the ground that are delivering the programs to uh, our, our children and our athletes, uh, you know, to make sure that they be- have the best positive uh, sport environment and experience that's available to them. Um, so, you know, it really varies from the, the grassroots level, um, you know, whether it's a mom or dad that's coming in to coach minor soccer uh, to high performance and some of our Canada Games coaches. Um, you know, there is a standard across the board, for example, with our Canada Games coaches. We make sure that they have certain requirements that they need to meet. Um, so it, they have to reach a certain level of coaching certification uh, before they can actually attend the Canada Games, which is at a little bit of a higher level. Uh, and, you know, those are some of our more elite uh, coaches throughout the province. But uh, there is a progression, you know, from grassroots to high performance. And, uh, you know, high performance is not from every, for everybody. Uh, but, you know, we'd certainly like our coaches at the grassroots level to be, be trained as well. You know, that's where, some, as we talked about earlier, some of the most meaningful moments in sport really occur. So, you know, having those coaches that are properly trained, certified uh, with the right certifications is, uh, you know, our main objective. I would imagine that a holdback for some people who are interested in coaching might be, you know, uh, you know, I haven't played the game since I was a teenager. I really like the sport, but I don't know if I'm up on all the rules and everything. Or, or I have an interest in the sport, but I've never played it. Um, does, is, are any of those barriers to becoming a coach? No, you know what? Those are some of the, I guess, the myths around coaching that I would say, you know, um, you know, there have been myths out there that, you know, it has to be, you have to be a great athlete to be a great coach. And that's certainly not the case. Uh, some some of our greatest coaches that we've had in the country and in this province, uh, you know, uh, while they were really good athletes, you know, they didn't uh, perform at a high performance level uh, or what have you. Uh, and then, you know, there are some coaches that I know um, that have gone through our system uh, that are that are pretty high up there within their respective sport right now. Uh, and they had not, you know, played the game growing up. Um, so it's really, you know, what what you're interested in. And, you know, it doesn't work out for, for everything. Um, but, you know, I've, I've certainly enjoyed uh, coaching some of the sports that I didn't play growing up, uh, you know, and and learning more about the sport and, uh, you know, kind of going like, wow, like, you know, I wish I had some exposure to that sport growing up. 
but you know at the same time looking to uh, kind of build the sport um, you know they may not have as many coaches as, as a as a bigger sport uh, and trying to help out in terms of developing some some additional coaches for that sport and uh, you know at the end of the day as if you put your best foot forward and you have a keen interest um, you know, I always say that a, a coach's uh, success is based on their uh, willingness to, to learn. Um, you know, if you had that willingness to learn, uh, then you'll certainly uh, do the best for, for the athletes that are involved. You mentioned the willingness to learn. Is there any other sort of um, common trait that many coaches have? I would imagine patience is one of them. Yeah, uh, patience, you know, just be, being a caring adult uh, is is a real big piece to that, uh, you know, being patient, um, being understanding and, and cognizant of, you know, different ages, abilities, uh, and really being able to step back and, and really assess that when you're dealing with, uh, you know, all sorts of ages and abilities, um, especially, you know, at the younger ages, you know, uh, children develop uh, certainly at different rates and abilities. Um, so, you know, always being mindful of that and, uh, you know, ju- just going there every day to make sure that you're you're providing a positive impact. And understanding, you know, the, the, the players, I suppose, and knowing that uh, that player is having a bad day. They don't usually play like that or, or you know, uh, react so emotionally to something or, you know, just just understanding each of the players, getting to know them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, being, you know, being very mindful of the environment uh, and different situations. Uh, you know, it, it's very much like any other situation that, you know, you or I would be put in outside of the coaching environment. Uh, you know, we, we certainly work with peers and, uh, you know, you recognize your, your peers in the workplace. You can certainly, you know, uh, if you're, you're paying attention to things um, and, and that good relationship is there, you certainly recognize when things might seem a little bit off. Uh, and, and are there to provide some support for that person, right? So what does a person need to know in order to become a coach? Uh, well, it's uh, just determining, I guess, where they want to start in terms of their uh, coach education. Um, the one thing about the NCCP is that it's a very competency-based system. Um, so while you may be, uh, don't have a load of, of coach education or or previous knowledge, um, you know, you can kind of fit in where your interest lays and be assessed. Uh, you know, once you go through your assessment uh, with a coach evaluator, uh, they'll determine where, you know, if you belong at that level. Uh, but you can certainly, you know, you don't necessarily have to start at a grassroots level um, and then work your way all the way up through the system. Um, which is, you know, it, it really depends where the coach's uh, area of interest lies. Much of a time commitment? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, uh, that's the one thing. Uh, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're happy to assist with the free part, but, you know, there is still work involved. Um, you know, some of the courses, uh, you know, uh, from speaking from my own personal experience, uh, you know, it's it's sometimes a, a one to two year certification process for some of the higher levels. Uh, and then you do have your grassroots level where, you know, you go in for a weekend uh, and you do the course and then you're, you're good to kind of go out and begin coaching at the grassroots level uh, with, with younger athletes. Uh, but when you do get up into the higher levels, I mean, there are some sports in particular um, 
uh, alpine ski is one in particular that I do know just because I've had some recent discussions. You know, it's uh, it's a two to three year process in terms of getting all of the proper uh, pieces that you need to get to that level as well then uh, in terms of the evaluation piece. Um, when you get to the to the higher levels, the evaluation components usually consist of you know, uh, an evaluator coming to your practice to, to look at how you interact with the athletes and how you deliver a practice in a normal practice setting. But then they also want to look at the competition setting and, and how you deal with, uh, with things in a live competition. So, you know, there are many layers to it. Um, but, uh, again, if, if you're in it for the right reasons and you're, you're looking to coach, uh, you know, that educational piece uh, and the evaluation piece are extremely valuable in terms of, you know, your, your credentials and making sure that you're properly trained and certified and, and giving the athletes the best experience uh, possible based on, on your education. And depending, I suppose, on, on the sport and your um, previous involvement in it, you, you probably have a fairly good idea of what's going to be expected of you. Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, it's certainly... Uh, someone that that's gone through the sport growing up uh, and and has gone through the sport and transitioned will certainly have a, a, a guess uh, a better understanding of the, the certification pathways that they need to take on. So uh, it's not like they're going in blind uh, and start uh, the the process and then then find out all of a sudden that uh, oh wow this is going to be two years. That's that's usually pretty pretty upfront and. And acknowledged at the at the beginning of the process. Usually, at the higher levels, they do have um, some sports work with an intake process, uh, just to lay out, you know, uh, properly lay out the certification pathway and, and supports that are, are put in place and needed uh, for all the coaches, so that they can do the components that would be delivered through us. Uh, but then also their components through that specific national sport organization as well, or the provincial sport organization. Our guest today on On Target is Coaching NL Project Leader Doug Halliday. We're talking about National Coaches Week. We'll be back right after this. Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target, weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM. And we're back. This is National Coaches Week, and we're speaking with Coaching NL Project Leader Doug Halliday. And Doug, I know COVID, or didn't know, don't need to tell you, had a pretty serious impact on uh, sporting and recreational activities. Did it make it harder to recruit coaches? Uh, it did. Uh, you know, nationally, we've we've had a lot of discussions in terms of uh, you know people having hesitations and coming back to the sports system uh, initially. Um, not so much this year, but in the previous year, um, you know, we did see a, a big drop in terms of the number of coaches uh, that did come back to volunteer, uh, and you know, that's for personal reasons. You know. Um, COVID was still, uh, you know, very much at the forefront, and, uh, you know, it, it still is. Uh, however, we did see, a, you know, an, an increase in terms of the volunteers that were coming out this year uh, to get back into the sports community and help out with sport. So uh, it was really great to see, you know, us rebound after having a, a pretty down year uh, with things coming, you know, I would think coming back to relative uh, normal levels uh, this past year. What were some of the challenges in navigating the return to play guidelines? Because some of them were a little more complicated than others, depending on the sport. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, there were so many uh, different aspects and, uh, you know, it 
it, it varies from sport to sport. And, you know, uh, some of the things you look at is, uh, is an outdoor setting where it's a little more uh, safer in terms of larger groups uh, versus an indoor setting and looking at ventilation uh, and touch points. Uh, you know, touch points in terms of equipment, uh, certainly a big one, uh, you know, especially with sports that may share equipment. Um, so, you know, there are a number of contributing factors that just put an extreme amount of stress uh, on the sporting system. And, you know, coaches in particular, uh, in terms of being responsible, you know, uh, athletes uh, had to provide proof of vaccination in some cases uh, throughout the process, uh, as well as, you know, in earlier Days. I know we, we had a previous discussion about it uh, just a couple of years ago as we, we headed into COVID. Um, but, you know, making sure that, that everyone was tracked in terms of who was at practice, who wasn't at practice, uh, anyone that may have had symptoms. So, you know, there are a number of contributing factors that really played havoc with our sports system and, and did put a lot of stress in terms of uh, the respond, added responsibilities on coaches. Uh, so, you know, it was certainly a challenging year, um, and, and especially in terms of supporting participants' mental health and well-being. Um, you know, that was a big contributing factor as well, uh, just, uh, you know, with so many uncertainties with COVID, uh, you know, there was just so much added stress to everybody involved. Um, now, with that, you know, some great things actually came out of that in terms of uh, coach education and resources. The CAC now has uh, a really good uh, coaches' mental health uh, module that they offer, and that that looks at training in terms of you know dealing with athletes and uh, you know scenarios that you may be faced with in terms of looking after their mental health as well as the coaches' mental health uh, with some of those added stresses that we've seen since uh, since COVID has started. Has coaching changed over the years? Oh, it's certainly changed. Uh, you know. If we, we look back, um, you know, it's Sport NL's 50th anniversary this year, and uh, in looking back at some older older materials, uh, you know, right back in the 1970s, there, there was no coach certification program. Um, so, you know, there was no formal uh, certification process uh, for coaches. It was uh, a very much, uh, if you were willing to coach, you coached. Um, and, and that was pretty much it. But we've, we've certainly seen a great evolution of uh, coaching, uh, you know, from a volunteer perspective and the educational resources as well as professional opportunities. There are quite a few professional opportunities uh, in the sports community now uh, throughout various sports. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great to see the evolution. And, uh, you know, COVID certainly was, um, I guess, a bit of an eye-opener or uh, uh, a stop for a moment to pause and look at how we're doing things. Uh, and, and, you know, I think the perseverance uh, that, you know, goes throughout coaching was really exemplified as we went through that process uh, to address things in terms of education process and supports that we need for, you know, our coaches and our athletes uh, just to provide the best opportunities and, and positive, you know, spaces for our athletes to uh, both train and compete in. In terms of uh, coaching changing over the years, I think uh, a lot of us still carry this image in our heads, you know, that you see in the old Hollywood movies, you know, in the in the locker room and this bald headed, uh, ugly looking old man, you know, barely <laughs> screaming at the, you know, that kind of thing. That's what you think of. But th th that's not what a coach is. 
No, absolutely not. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, coaches are from all walks and different backgrounds. Uh, but as you mentioned, you know, the the kind of stereotype created by uh, by Hollywood, which which happens sometimes. Uh, you know, we have we have coaches that start very young. Uh, you know, and they're they're some of the best coaches that we have. Uh, you know, out there. Um, you know, I've seen some fantastic coaches that are extremely young. Uh, they're very passionate about the sport. Uh, and you know, my my children have had great experiences with those coaches. Uh, and you know, gained a love for the sport based on the the interactions and you know the positive spaces that those coaches have, have really created for. Uh, the athletes in those sports and they're inspiring in a lot of ways they and they in, instill that kind of inspiration in people absolutely i mean uh, you know going back to our first points with regards to you know uh, a coach having a positive impact uh, on your life uh you know i i can certainly pinpoint one of my coaches that you know heavily impacted uh, you know the direction in, in terms of how i approach things uh and and just you know exude exuded a passion for the sport uh and you know that really relayed to to everyone that was around that coach um and you know really creating great environments and and great people through uh through their coaching and uh, the way they approach the sport and leadership abilities uh, you often you can tell who's going to be a, a great coach just with their their ability to just uh, get people to come on side with something if you know what i'm saying are there are there um aspects to coaching that you can um or, or abilities that you can learn through coaching that you can extend into other parts of your life absolutely i mean you know from from a leadership perspective organizational perspective um, you know, depending on what what sport you're involved in, um, some sports like athletics, uh, you are a coach. Uh, you know, most people say, "Well, I'm I'm coaching one team of of 12 athletes," uh, and then you have some sports like athletics where uh, you know you are coaching a bunch of individual performers in different events. Uh, so you're essentially the coach of you know what could be 20 teams. <laughs> Uh, based on their events and what they need to train in. So, uh, you know, it's really good life skills that you learn through coaching and, uh, you know, the interactions that you have, the leadership skills that you gain, uh, the organizational skills, um, you know, and uh, just just an approach to, to dealing with those situations. How can people get involved? Well, you know, if if you are on the fence, it's certainly great. You know, many of our sports are always looking for coaches, um, and, and it doesn't need to be a head coach position. Um, if you're not involved in a, a sport but you are keen on it, you know, speak with your, your sport organization, whether that's the minor association or the provincial sport organization, uh, and just ask to help out. You know, you may start in a managerial role just to, you know, help out uh, as a parent helper just to see if if it's the right fit for you. Uh, but certainly don't be hesitant to, uh, to reach out. Uh, everyone is there to support you within our sports uh, and, and help you learn as much as you can about that sport uh, to, to get you in the right spot. So, uh, you know, I, I coached a, a sport that I was very unfamiliar with the summer, 
Um, you know, had no problem saying I'd, I'd like to learn about it. I'll, you know, come in as a parent helper just to kind of observe. And, uh, you know, through my experience this summer, it, I've already signed up for a coaching course in that sport uh, to, you know, further my coach development and, uh, you know, best to sit, assist that sport as, as my kids go through. So, you know, never never be hesitant to reach out. Uh, our sports are, are fantastic. We've got some of the best provincial sport organizations in the country. Um, you know, we do rely heavily on volunteers. Um, so, you know, we, we have a number of supports in place to help our coaches uh, have the best experience, you know, both themselves uh, and supports to help, uh, help them give the best experience to the athletes. I know respect in sport is a big thing. Uh, I know and we're up to another break now, but I, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, some of the, the negative aspects. Um, is it still d- tough dealing with certain parents or fans or players? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's I think that's something, you know, we we certainly put a lot of uh, courses out there. Um, Some sports had the parents take the respect in sport. Um, And, you know, there are are always going to be those situations. Um, You know, hopefully there are less than there are more. But we have some great resources now. Um, The CAC released uh, last year, well, uh, the year before, sorry. Uh, a new safe sport module. So very much uh, like a respect and sport course. This is a free course that's offered online through the Coaching Association of Canada uh, in their locker system. And it's uh, it's a safe sport module. So it looks at uh, different perspectives, whether you deal one-on-one with an athlete, whether you're dealing with parents, uh, and just various levels uh, within sport and making sure that, you know, we have a safe, positive environment uh, for everybody. Uh, and again, the, the big piece of that is it's, it's a free tool, uh, and it was put together by national leaders um, through, throughout the country um, from various sports as well as learning facilitators, coaches, officials, uh, researchers. There were a number of, uh, of big players involved in the development of this uh, resource tool, and it's actually something that we, we've made mandatory uh, for anyone that goes to Canada Games. Um, you know, any of our Canada Games teams, they need to take the safe sport module, the managers, anyone that's dealing with an athlete uh, or would be in the uh, in the setting of the sport environment. And it's a great resource for, for parents, too, you know, to provide a little bit of an eye-opener uh, in terms of the conduct uh, that's acceptable and not acceptable within our sport, uh, our sport system here in the country. And, uh, you know, I'd certainly recommend that if anyone does have Uh, the time to sit down, you know, and take that course. Uh, It is self-paced. You don't need to sign up or register. Uh, You just log in and, uh, you know, if you can't complete it all in the one go, uh, then you can certainly finish it off another time. But a very valuable resource for anyone that's involved in sport from managers um, to people that serve on boards, again, to to parents in terms of what we are expecting in the sports system to have a, a safe uh, environment for everyone involved. This is National Coaching Week, but next week is Concussion Awareness Week. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that because it's very important in many, many sports. Our uh, guest today on On Target is Coaching NL Project Leader Doug Halliday. We'll be back right after this. Got plans for midnight? Bring your VOCM along with the best soundtrack for every night, anywhere. The VOCM All Night Show, midnight on your VOCM. 
Our guest today is Coaching NL Project Leader Doug Halliday. This is National Coaching Week, but Concussion Awareness Week is coming up, and that's a big deal if you happen to be in sport. And we're learning more and more about concussions all the time. What, what kind of an impact can they have? Well, Linda, yeah, it's, uh, we've got a bit of an action-packed month uh, to end the month uh, heading into Concussion Week next week. Uh, and, you know, concussions play a very large role in terms of hindering uh, an athlete uh, or a participant, uh, for that matter, you know, regardless of what level of sports uh, or recreational activity that they, they participate in. Um, you know, some people, uh, based on certain concussions, uh, have issues for a number of years, whether that's vision, uh, headaches, uh, and some lifelong uh, lasting, you know, impacts that can very, uh, very much disrupt, you know, day-to-day life. Uh, so it's very important that, uh, you know, we acknowledge concussions and, and the severity that uh, they can cause in terms of uh, injury and, and long long impact. And next week, we're, we're looking to, you know, really raise awareness around that uh, through a number of different initiatives. Safety gear has come a long way too, hasn't it, in, in acknowledging uh, some of that? Because, my goodness, when I was in school, not saying how old I am, you didn't <laughs> always have gear to wear. Uh, you just sort of <laughs> toughed it out, I suppose. And now we've got all this, you know, incredible techn- technological gear that people yep. can wear that really help to protect you. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's it's been an evolution in terms of, you know, and I won't, uh, I won't say my age either, but... Uh, you know, in terms of, you know, even like a public skate, um, you know, helmets were never, ever uh, necessarily required, um, you know. But as we we progressed and we've learned more about concussions and the impact uh, from falls and what have you, you know, uh, that equipment has become more prevalent and certainly much needed so. Uh, and, you know, the development of that equipment to best protect the, the person that's wearing the equipment in terms of, uh, you know, absorption of impact depending on the sport uh, or what have you, uh, you know, just making sure that athletes uh, are protected at all levels in terms of, uh, you know, stepping onto the playing field uh, and avoiding any uh, serious long-term injuries. And I guess that's the role of coaches, too, is to, to, to um, uh, train athletes so that they know what to do when there is, a, perhaps if there's a high-impact sport or a possibility of, uh, of falling, uh, that they know how to protect themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have many, uh, you know, Newfoundland is very well known for rugby uh, here in this province. Uh, but, you know, there are a certain way, you know, uh, athletes are taught to, you know, tackle uh, another individual, uh, but also, you know, uh, how to be tackled. Um, so, you know, it, it really comes into play and coaching plays a very pivotal role in making sure that, uh, you know, athletes understand uh, the rules of the game, um, certain situations that can arise from a game that would put them in a potentially vulnerable position to be injured. Um, so, you know, there, there are many different layers to that in terms of uh, making sure that, that athletes are protected. And a co- coach plays a, a very large role in that uh, in terms of, uh, you know, making sure that, that athletes are well-equipped uh, both uh, physically and mentally, um, you know, for any potential injuries or situations that could arise. What sort of activities and education programs are available? 
Uh, so Making Headway in Sport is a really great uh, free, uh, it will be free next week, uh, free resource through, the, again, the, the Coaching Association of Canada's Locker. Uh, and essentially that will walk you through, uh, you know, uh, concussion protocol, what to do in, in certain situations with, uh, with concussions, return to play, uh, and gives a, a coach a really good overview in terms of the situations uh, that are, you know, are present uh, through, throughout sport. Uh, the beautiful thing about it is uh, they have looked at a number of sports that are more likely to have concussions, so they actually do have some sport-specific uh situations or or courses that you can take so it's a different stream there's a general stream uh, as well as a few different sports in terms of you know soccer or football those, those contact sports you would see uh, concussions be more prevalent so uh, really good to see that in terms of you know a little bit more of a focus uh, focus delivery in terms of the the tools for those specific sports and finally, one minute left. How can people sh- uh, show their appreciation to a coach who they know is working hard or has made a difference in their lives? Uh, I just encourage everyone to take the social media, use the hashtag uh, thanks coach and hashtag coaches week um, through various uh, social media platforms. Uh, Post a picture, say thanks, give some gratitude to a coach that's impacted your life, and uh, just make sure that that you know you're you realize the commitment and uh, the sacrifices and extra work the coaches put in to make sure that we have a, a safe, enjoyable sport environment for everybody. And fun. Fun, fun is the big one. Uh, Doug, I really appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks so much, and uh, all the best on Coaches Week. Thanks very much. Thanks for having us. And we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I'll be off, actually. I have to take the day off. Uh, But uh, Richard Duggan is going to be in, and he's got an interesting show lined up. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening, everyone.